Have you heard the terms inner healing or deliverance? Maybe you've heard it at church or on YouTube or whatever. Today, we are talking about it. We're going for it. And we have my amazing friend, Avery Forrest, here to share with us. Avery lives in Foley, Alabama, where she gets to lead alongside of her husband at their church, Anchor Point. They planted the church 14 years ago. She is also the mama of two amazing boys. Their family loves getting to serve the call of God to pastor and shepherd the people of South Alabama. And so I just, in my heart, is for freedom for all of us, for all the women. And so this is a topic that I'm super excited and passionate to talk about because I believe and we believe that freedom is available for you and me and every believer. So let's dig in. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible, and pen, and let's dig in. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Abundant Woman Collective. I am ecstatic for this episode for so many reasons, one of which is you've heard a little bit about her in the intro, but we have my dear friend Avery with us today. Welcome, Avery. Uh, Friends, you probably, in some of my episodes, I talk about the Abundant Woman, how it came to be, places, people, and Avery is a thread in this beautiful quilt that is the Abundant Woman Collective. And so Um, I love her dearly, and I'm super excited that she is here to share some goodness with us today. So welcome, friend. Hey, welcome. Yes, I think whenever we first met, you were still calling it a Jesus thing, this Jesus thing that I want to do. And so um, I love that. I love to see you doing it now and thriving in this Jesus thing, and it's only God. So it's, it's really amazing. So funny. Yes. The Jesus thing. I forgot about that for a second. Yeah. Yes. And we've talked about that here on the podcast. Like, wait, I we had this thing in the heart and we just called it the Jesus thing. And it wasn't until the retreat that God spoke at me. So yeah. yes, it was Avery's retreat that we were at when God gave me the name. And so now we don't call it the Jesus thing, but it still is very much the Jesus thing. Yeah. Uh, It'll always be the Jesus is, thing to me. So <laughs> yes. Yes. I really like, I want a sticker, like do the Jesus thing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Actually, we should probably make that. Make but, it. Make um, it. Right? Uh, today, we are going to hear some of Avery's testimony and some of her story. And then, friends, we are going to talk about um, a subject that I am super passionate. Avery is super passionate. She leads this at her church. Um, but we'll just jump in, and then we'll talk about what it is and all the things after. So go for it, Avery. Tell us about you. <laughs> Well, my name is Avery, and as y'all heard in the intro, my husband and I um, are pastors in Foley, Alabama, and it has been, I've been serving Jesus since I was 18 years old. Uh, I grew up in church, but um, gave my life to the Lord when I was 18. 
uh, pride had kept me from giving my life to Jesus for a long time because I was convinced, kind of convinced that I was a Christian. Um, but when I was 18, I truly laid that pride down and called on the name of Jesus and made him Lord of my life and truly had a new creation moment. Shortly after that, I felt called into ministry and um, left my plans for my life. And I had a lot of them for God's plans for my life. And so um, met my husband. We planted a church 14 years ago, and we are loving doing ministry alongside of each other. And um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. And so in my life with the Lord, there's always been this sense and this knowing that the supernatural is real. Um, I literally, ever since I was a kid, would read the Bible, and there was something in me that was like, this stuff is real. This stuff is real. Um, and I've obviously, not obviously, but I've had a lot of encounters with the Holy Spirit over my 20 years walking with the Lord. Um, but they never seemed consistent, if that makes sense. Like it was always just like these spurts and these things, maybe these like small pictures into what the Lord was doing. And in 2020, before COVID even hit, I really just started praying like, Lord, I am so sick of my capabilities. I am so sick of living this Christian life in what I'm capable of, because if we're honest, like what we're capable of is not enough to truly live out this supernatural life. And so that's the Lord really confronted me and said, you're living a supernatural life in a natural way. And so I came to the end of me. I started praying, God, I want to see you do what only you can do. It is all in my journal from the beginning of 2020. I just started praying that, started asking that. And the Lord led me on this journey the past three years of my life that has radically changed my life, um, that has radically changed my life with the Lord. Um, and and I am sitting here three years later after praying that prayer, thanking God that he is one, doing what only he can do. Uh, two, that I came to the end of myself finally. And three, that this is what the church should be praying and how they should be praying, but then ready to go on the journey with the Lord because it's been a three-year journey. It was never overnight, all the stuff that the Lord has done. And so that is a little bit about what I want to talk about here today. And Sam, I'll let you kind of maybe ask the first question um, where where we want to go on this topic. And if you want to, if you want me to spill the tea on what the topic is <laughs> or what. So yeah, let's spill it. So okay. deliverance, healing, like let's just jump back in. Um, what is that? Like give us context for what that actually is. Okay, so deliverance, the, the truth about deliverance is deliverance is just, it's basically freedom. <laughs> that That's in the, the layman's terms of it, deliverance is freedom. Jesus came to set the captive free. And if you read the gospels, there is more deliverance in the gospels than you probably think, especially if you're not going into it, reading it, looking for the deliverance. But that was a main ministry of Jesus, especially if you read the book of Mark. The book of Mark is all about power. And so you're going to see deliverance all throughout the book of Mark. Um, so in 2020, as I started praying, you know, God, do what only you could do. I don't even think I realized what I was praying. <laughs> and last year, <laughs> yeah, last year, um, I, well, not even last year, we started, it started with us starting the freedom ministry at our church, really. I went to a pastor's conference um, right before COVID uh, hit. And so right after I started praying this prayer and there was this class called freedom and it was about learning how to shut your 
um, the door on your past, like letting Jesus help you shut the door on your past and living this preferred future for your life. And I was very intrigued, very led to go learn about that class and learn how to implement it at our church. And so I went to it. And so at the in the fall of 2020, we started implementing freedom in our church with our leaders first because we wanted to take our leadership through it. And, and it's the basic stuff about freedom. It's learning how to let the Holy Spirit search you, learning how to walk through um, unforgiveness, if you have any unforgiveness in your heart, if you've had past traumas, how to really let the Lord heal that. And so with our leadership, you know, that's that's a lot of mature believers, right? And so we we had a lot of freedom happen, but it also, um, I would say for the most part, kind of stayed surface level. And it wasn't until um, fall of 2021 where we started just taking anybody in our church through it that we started kind of seeing the spiritual warfare go a little crazy, <laughs> like in the sense of, yeah, as the Lord was exposing things, we were like, oh my goodness, like these people seem like they need a little deeper work, a little more than just freedom. And so that's really the journey that I began to go on when it came to deliverance. And the truth about it was, is at that time, we had another church in our area that did deliverance. And when I'm saying deliverance in that form, I am meaning it more in the form that that most people hit instead of just freedom. We're thinking, oh my gosh, like they might have a demonic presence in their life or demonic oppression or something like that. And the truth is, I didn't know what to do with it. So I just sent people in our church to a different church to walk through deliverance ministry um, until 2022 hits. And 2022, spring of 2022, um, I encountered my first um, experience with somebody who actually um, knew that they had demonic um, activity in their life. And there were some manifestations that were happening. And it was like, I came face to face with nobody else is here to bail me out of this. This is something that Jesus called us to do. This person needs freedom and they need help and they need to, they need to walk through this. And so um, the friend that I was with, I was kind of like, Hey, do you know how to do this? And she's like, I don't. <laughs> And we both just had to rely on the Holy Spirit and really let the Lord minister. And it was the most beautiful thing watching the power of Jesus encounter the um, the darkness and winning, defeating the darkness. And it left me changed um, to see this person walk free, um, to see them different, to see them close the doors in their life. But after that, it left me um, a little bewildered because I was like, one, I never want to be in that place again where I don't know how to be armed and ready to help somebody. Yeah. Um, secondly, this stuff is real. <laughs> Thirdly, it's not, it's not the exorcist. It's not what some of the YouTube stuff makes it out to be. It's not what, even if you go try to find a deliverance book, I highly don't suggest that. I can give some, point you to some resources of some like trusted sources, but it set me out on this journey to say, okay, one, I want to find the biblical teachings and the biblical ways that we're supposed to be doing this. Two, I had to figure out my theology about can Christians have a demon? And so we can talk about that a different day because that's a, it's a whole, other set of so conversations. Well, the theology side of it is a whole other set of conversations. Mm -hmm. um, most Christians will agree that a Christian can be oppressed. So here's the deal. 
I don't care mm-hmm. if it's in you, on you, around you, um, screaming at you from the other side of the room, you get rid of it the same way. Or it has yeah. access to you the same way, one or the other. And so it sent me on this whole journey of going, Lord, what in the world? I feel like as Christians, we were supposed to be doing this all the time. Um, there is a there is a bondage in the church that I don't even think we realize that so many people are walking around bound and not free. And that is not the life that Jesus came to give us. And so <laughs> there has just been this whole journey over the past year and a half of my life now of learning about this and then starting to walk in this. Um, I don't even want to call it an anointing because it's all of us are, we all have the capability mm-hmm. to walk in this power. The very same power, the very same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is inside of us. And Jesus even says, like, go do this in my name. He sent out the disciples to even do this. And so we have um, authority over darkness. We have authority over the enemy. And, um, and so it sent me on this journey that actually led me to um, going through an inner healing and deliverance program myself a year ago. And um, yeah, so I'll stop there before we continue on. And I'll see if you have any questions with just some of what I just said. Because that was a lot. Yes, I love it. Okay. So, no, it was good. It's my favorite thing. So even because even here on, I feel like so many people talk about freedom, right? We even sing the song by what's his name? not bound, whatever song my kids love. And we talk about it, but we don't, and we know that it's available to us, but I think so many of us don't understand the actual availability and the actual capacity that he wants to set us free in, right? And so even, you know, sickness or anxiety or these things that we've just sort of adapted into our life to live this, it's just part of us now. Like I've had whatever, since I was a kid. So I'm just going to continue to live with X, Y, Z, right? And so I don't think that so many of us like understand that it is available for us, not only that we can and should be doing this for other people, but that us ourselves can live in a way that's free, in a way that he died on the cross and rose again for Like he didn't die on the cross and rise again for us to live a wealthy life, a good life, uh, you know, safe life. It was a free life and abundant yeah. life in him, hence the name. But in that, it's like that I'm super passionate about. And then the fact that we have the authority as women, as people, but as women in Christ, we have the authority to claim that in our own lives and do the work to get rid of the crap that shouldn't be there and in others. And so I love that. I love that I've got to watch your story progress and that the same Avery I met two, three years ago is not the same every today. And it's like the best thing ever. Um, and, and even in your growing, you've taught so many other people, including myself, about different um, truths that we find in the Bible. And I was just thinking, as you said that with the New Testament thing, like so many of our favorite stories are like the, are centered around deliverance. We just don't yeah. call it deliverance. We see them being set free and healed, which is the yeah. deliverance, right? And so, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. I think let's talk a little bit more about what sort of you're seeing and doing currently today in the ministry for deliverance and healing. Awesome. So first off, I also want to say deliverance is not always a demon, but 
deliverance yeah. always has to do with the enemy. So there's different, <laughs> the work of the enemy can have different, um, can look differently in, in our lives. So temptation, you know, like if you do a sliding scale of one to 10, temptation is, is the work of the enemy. Like the enemy is coming to tempt you. He's whispering in your ear. He's speaking things to you. It is the enemy. Okay. And let me just say this. If you've ever heard the enemy's voice, that means you know how to supernaturally hear. And so that means you can hear the voice of God too. The voice of God usually just isn't as loud as the enemy's voice. Um, a lot of times it's a whisper or God is also not going to compete over all the other voices that you have um, in your mind and in your heart. Um, so if you're hardly ever reading his word, you're you're probably not going to be able to recognize his voice. All right. But if you are a believer, it says his sheep know his voice. So temptation is like is a work of the enemy. And then as we, if we give the enemy, if we give into temptation, if we start to participate in sin, if we have a sin response, then, then the enemy is able to plant seeds and roots in our life. And depending on how much surrender you give over to that area of your life with the enemy will depend on how much work of the enemy you have going on in your life. Ephesians 4.26, I think it is, is where it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger, because if you do, it will give the enemy a foothold. Um, the enemy can literally come in and take a stronghold place in your life. Stronghold literally means, um, it means territory. It means a, it's a, it's a military turn that means fortified territory. So there can be places in your life that are not surrendered to the Lord that are actually more surrendered to the enemy. But the more surrendered you are to the Holy Spirit, the more the Holy Spirit wants to expose those things in your life. So the work that I'm doing now, the the program that I went through and went and got trained in and now I'm doing in our church is really just a foundational. It's an eight-week thing where um, we take two facilitators with one person and we walk you through what I'm really calling uh, progressive sanctification in a sense. It is learning how to walk with the Lord because you're not finished at the eight weeks. It's just from here on out after this eight weeks is over, you are now walking with the Lord, fully surrendered to him. And he has the um, authority to speak into every area of your life. So our freedom ministry, we do that group setting. And I would say that's more like a spot cleaning. We all have those obvious things in our life that we're like, hey, yeah, I know, I know I need to get rid of my frustration or I know I had trauma in my life and I have some unforgiveness towards that person that I, I keep saying I'm forgiving them, but I'm never fully walking free in it and I want to walk free in it. So freedom ministry is is for us, it's this little more like obvious spot cleaning type thing. Like you walk into a house and you see a white couch and it's got five spots on it. Okay, let's go clean that off. Inner healing ministry or inner healing and deliverance ministry is kind of like freedom on steroids in a sense, because what you're doing in, in a sense is you are letting Jesus come into your house, do a deep clean, not even a deep clean, like a full move out of everything that is there that is um, that shouldn't be there. So everything that is in your life that shouldn't be in your life, he is going to you're going to take these eight weeks and learn to sit with him. He's going to expose them to you, and then you are going to learn to confess and repent of those things, stand in your authority, and then ask the Holy Spirit to then fill you with those things that you just gave away. Um, and so in that, sometimes it's just major bondage that breaks off. And other times we've seen people truly de delivered from demonic, um, uh, it's called demonization. The word um, 
demon possessed is actually not the the true translation in scripture. It's demonizomai is what is in the Greek. And it literally just means influence. Um, so their word possession in the Greek does not mean ownership. It means more influence control. So just like we're not controlled, we're not Holy Spirit puppets. The Holy Spirit's not controlling us. Um, I think evil spirits are just a counterfeit to the Holy Spirit. They operate in a, in a similar way in my experience so far. Um, so just like the Holy Spirit, the more surrender you give over to the Holy Spirit, the more influence the Holy Spirit has in your life, the more fruits of the Spirit you have in your life, right? So the more influence you give over to the enemy, the more surrendered you are to the enemy and to sin in your life, there are certain areas of your life that can be more surrendered to the enemy where that's where you see fruits of the flesh come in. And my walking people through this, my understanding now is these fruits that we call fruits of the flesh. If you look in Galatians 5, I think it is. Fruits of the flesh really have a root though of the enemy. They have a root of sin. Sin is from the enemy, okay? So it's not always a demon attached to that sin, but sometimes it is. Sometimes. And and so when you take back your authority in Christ, when you confess and repent of that sin, when you give it over to God and you say, God, I do not want to surrender to that sin anymore. I do not want to surrender to this unforgiveness anymore. I do not want to surrender to that lie anymore. And you confess it and you repent of it. And then you tell the enemy he has to leave. He has to leave. And so sometimes there's a physical response of the enemy leaving. And so it's not always what you see on Facebook or YouTube or those sort of things. Um, it's, it actually can be a lot gentler than that. It can sound like a whale sometimes. I mean, I, I've seen so many different manifestations now of an, of the enemy leaving somebody, um, that it's just, it's wild, but I've also seen every, almost every manifestation that is listed in the gospels. I've seen those almost every single one of them. I'd have to go off and like check a list. Um, but it is amazing to watch when we take back our authority and say, enemy, you have no, no more control here. Um, and I'll, and some people will say, well, what about at salvation? Um, as soon as I get saved, um, the enemy has to leave. Well, did you tell him to leave? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the scripture, it says they cast out. So at salvation, if we had the practice of casting out Every demon that was in somebody's life or every sin, every work of the enemy that was in somebody's life um, at salvation, I think we'd probably see a lot more deliverance happen at salvation. And there are some churches that are in that practice, um, but we don't. We we just say, oh, okay, all's good. All's forgiven. And then we don't even walk through sanctification. We don't even walk this process. Instead, we move into a new house and then we bring all of our baggage with us put it in the closets because we know we don't want it anymore. We know we don't want yeah. the sin and stuff anymore. So we put it in the closets, we shove it under um, the couch, and then we just hope that we're never triggered. But that is not abundance. Jesus says, no, I want to help you unpack all of that, get rid of the roots and see you walk in freedom. And that's a process that you have to walk out with the Holy Spirit. So that's what we take through these eight weeks. And each week has a topic of the week that you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to allow you to search this area of my life. Um, I will say though, to just get as basic as I can, most, um, sin roots are in, in just a few places. Unforgiveness is a key one, is a major one. Um, when you have unforgiveness in your life, life, go read, I think it's Matthew 18, where it's the, um, 
the servant that <laughs> gets forgiven, but then turns around and then doesn't forgive the person that owed him. And it literally says, just like his master handed him over to the torturers, your father in heaven will hand you over as well. Like that's wild when you read that. So, and, and he does it because he loves us because he wants us to let go of that unforgiveness. Because if you have been forgiven, here is the truth. No matter what that person did to you, you should in your forgiveness, standing in the forgiveness that you have in Christ, then be able to turn around and go, I want that same thing for that person. I think it's in Titus. It literally says we have to be patient and kind with people because they're just captives too, like we once were. And so when you start to realize that that person that did you wrong is just captive to sin and that Jesus died for them too, that's when you know you've like hit a level of forgiveness when you're going, God, I want them to be a new creation as well. I don't want them to suffer and burn in hell. I want them to be a new creation. So unforgiveness is a key area where we can see bondage in our life. And unforgiveness is a nasty thing to live with in your life. You are bitter. You are angry. You are frustrated. You are rejected. I mean, there's so many emotions that come along that the enemy just gets you to identify with. Um, Another big area that we see is rejection. That is another root where the enemy just does he wreaks havoc in your life through rejection. Um, and then everything else can fall under what I call um, ungodly beliefs. So your view of God is a really big deal. And you might actually have yeah. more ungodly beliefs than you even know. And Second Corinthians 10, sorry, I'm not knowing all of the, the, the actual passages here, um, the, or the actual like address, but I think it's Second Corinthians 10 where it says, take every thought captive and then make mm-hmm. it obedient to Christ. And so when we have not when we have thoughts that are not obedient to scripture, then they're actually ungodly beliefs. And so these ungodly beliefs are typically about God, about yourself, or about others. And so when you have ungodly beliefs, and here's the deal about ungodly beliefs, the enemy is the father of lies, Satan is the father of lies. A good lie, you don't know that it's a lie. And so you're believing it because either you've had an experience that makes it feel true or it's what you were always taught. And so you have this viewpoint that is actually keeping you from living in full abundance. And 99.9% of the time, and this will tie into my personal story, is that we have a wrong view of Father God. And when we have a wrong view of Father God, we are not rooted and established in the love of our Father. And the love of the Father is the foundation of this entire thing. The love of the Father is why Jesus came. (laughs) And so the love of God is why Jesus came. And so it says that we can't even love unless we first have been loved. And I think a lot of Christians think that they know the love of God. But I'm telling you on this side, because I would have told you I knew the love of God. um, Now I know the love of God. I have experienced the love of God in a way that I never have before. And then that's what I watch going through this in these eight weeks. I watch people get loved on by God in the deepest places of their heart and he sets them free. And then they leave so secure in God's love that they are living in abundance. Doesn't mean perfect. They're not living in perfect life. They're living in abundance though, because they know the love of their father. And it is the coolest thing to see. And so in a nutshell, that is deliverance. Deliverance is the love of God wanting to encounter everything in your life that is not of him and getting rid of it. Um, I will, for a caveat, say you cannot crucify 
a demon and you cannot cast out the flesh. So there is a role that our flesh does play in sin. So I'm not saying every sin is a demon making you do it, okay? <laughs> Please hear that today. Um, but I do think the enemy is more at work in some of our lives than most of us probably even want to admit because we, we think we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we even, uh, the enemy is a master and a manipulator, right? A master deceiver and liar. And so he also, I think we, we have this belief that like demonization or the demonic world in general lives in this witchcraft, lives in this evil, dark society, right? Like it stays there. It lives there. So like, I'm not playing with Ouija boards. So why would I have, you know, issues or I'm not practicing whatever, right? Fill in the blank that there's this like demonic world that we're not a part of, but yet that's not scripture. We know that we are very much in both worlds, but like, I feel like we as Christians separate it and that we don't confront. So I love that you said that it's not necessarily like this big, ugly demon, though that is very possible. We've seen it and lots of manifestations of it, but that it starts with sometimes unforgiveness or it starts with these root causes. And so we are so good at mowing the lawn or painting it green or making the lawn look pretty, but in the root, there is dead. I don't know what kills Ruth. Bugs, there are things eating the root that we, if we don't deal with, we're just making it look like a pretty yard or whatever. You get my metaphor. But, but when you put names like you just did to some of these root causes, like we pray before every episode and as I release every episode, like Holy Spirit, speak to each woman listening. So I'm praying in my spirit right now that like as she's saying some of these things, like unforgiveness and bitterness and a different view of God, which we talk about a lot in the membership. Like if this Holy Spirit would just speak to us and the women listening, because we, even though we want to be free, right? That is the goal. And I don't, I feel like some of us don't realize how much we want to be free because we don't realize that we're actually bound. But if we're walking in unforgiveness, that feels like a, a practical one that I could be like, oh yeah, as soon as she said unforgiveness, I thought about Sherry Kuki who I don't forgive because she hit me 10 years ago. Whatever. My examples are way off today. I'm sorry. (laughs) But, um, but you know what I mean? And so that the Holy Spirit would, would speak to that. And I also love another thing that you said, because y'all don't get me started with like the YouTube and Instagram deliverance ministries. Um, but the way that we've done them and we've walked through them and we've seen them done is such a tender, not to Mm -hmm. say that it can't get a little weird because it can, but it's such a private, sometimes like Holy Spirit-led moment yes. that it's not throwing people on the ground or clapping in their face or any of these things that are so popular in the in that like thing, genre. And so when we see things like that, we're like, oh, well, I would never go to an altar call for that. Or I would never yeah. want to be delivered. I've even thought that like, oh man, I would never want to be delivered like this. Like I want to be delivered. But I would yeah. hate to have a kid. Like, I would never go up, up to the stage because there'd be a camera in my face and whatever, right? But if we leave all of the nonsense aside and we understand that there is a battle going on and it's a spiritual batter who, battle who he is here to kill, steal, and destroy us, mm-hmm. and that, that's one hand. But on the other hand, that there is an option 
not just for heaven. Like we're not just talking about heaven. You can go to heaven. Like you're saved. We'll see you in glory. That's great. But like my time here on earth, I want that to be sanctified. I want to continually be fulfilled. Like the only job is to love Christ more. And through his love is where all of this work happens. But we have to be allowing it, right? We have to give him access to it. I'm such a visual person that there are so many times where if I know that I'm like struggling with something here in the physical, I I know because I've been equipped or like taught, but like that there's something spiritual happening. So if I'm struggling with whatever, I'm like, okay, Lord, like show me, like I literally picture a house, not the house I'm living in, but like the house of my heart. And I'm like, God, it's just me and you, Jesus, like hold my hand, show me, like I'm missing something. I thought my house was clean, but like, let's go to the attic and let's look, Lord, like Holy Spirit, show me where something is hanging out. And it's not this big, scary monster in the corner because one, it's not a scary monster because I have the authority over it. So it's not scary in that way. But two, it could just be like, you were hurt and you never let me heal you of this, Sam. You were, something happened to you as a kid and you never came for me to heal heal it. You just hid it behind Christmas decorations, right? So I think that perception of healing deliverance is a lot different than like the internet one. And this one is so much gentler and available and accessible for you, for us, for me, for whoever's listening. That is, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm not saying that what's happening on, in all of those ministries is not real. I'm not like deliverance is happening because God loves those Mm -hmm. people so much that he's like, okay, I'm setting them free. Yeah. Um, it just, he'll work through it. Yeah. Yeah. It just isn't, it doesn't always have to or that that would not be my preferred method. I love just getting to walk with people. Now, there have been people who have walked into our church who needed what we call acute deliverance, like on the spot, in the moment, they are really struggling with something. And they and in those cases, there's typically this admission of like, no, I know I've let evil in. Um, we we've had somebody who literally was like, no, I participated in a witchcraft ceremony. Okay, we there's some there's some obvious yeah. things, yes, that are going to um open the door to the demonic, right? Um, but again, deliverance is not just about being delivered from a demon. Deliverance, Jesus' form of deliverance, is about setting the captive free from anything, any sin that is holding you in your life. So. Again, unforgiveness mm-hmm. is going to be the primary one. I promise you almost every single person in our church, uh, when they go through freedom, unforgiveness is like the first week. And there's always, there's always multiple things or there's this one really big um, thing that happened in their life that they're just like, I just haven't been able to let go of it. And when you watch them let go of it and then watch Jesus do what he does, First John 1, 9 says, confess mm-hmm. your sin and he is faithful and just to um, cleanse you and purify you from it. Um, but then not only that, just to see them put them, put those people in Jesus's hands and say, it's not my responsibility anymore. Um, one of the things that I would challenge everybody listening on here, go spend an entire week, literally make your prayer be God, show me if I have any offense, any unforgiveness towards anyone, keep a paper and a journal with you all week long. Um, spend 20 to 30 minutes, just praying that and sitting and listening. And when he shows you, write the person's name down, write the exact offense down. And then here's my other um, thing that I have learned is write down every negative emotion that you feel when you think about that moment, when you think about what happened there. 
Mm. Write them down. And then at the end of the week, when you have your whole list, go before the Lord and pray a prayer of repentance for your unforgiveness. Put them in Jesus's hands. The word of God says to pray for those who curse you and to bless those who persecute you, even if they're a believer and they hurt you. Sometimes you get hurt when it wasn't even like on purpose, like it wasn't somebody trying to do something sinful to you, but hurt happened and your response was sinful because your response wasn't going to God. Instead, your response was taking every negative emotion that the enemy served up to you and then holding those on. And so when you wonder why you feel like you're walking on eggshells around that person, go check and see if there's an offense. Um, Go check. Now, there are just some people that we just wholly tolerate. The Bible says that. Tolerate one another. We can do that. We don't have to be best friends with everybody in the body of Christ. We can love and tolerate. But if there's truly an offense there, you need to forgive them. And so when you sit there and you go, Jesus, I forgive um, Sarah for um, spitting in my face when we were 15 years old, and I give to you the frustration, the humiliation, the rejection, the anger, like all the things, list out all the emotions that came along with that moment and give those to Jesus because that is where the enemy works. The fruits that is apparent in your life is coming from those negative responses towards that, that goes along with that unforgiveness. So you give Jesus all of that. You confess it and you say, I don't want to live with this anymore. I don't want to I don't want to hold on to humiliation anymore because every time I think about Sarah I feel humiliated. That's not abundance, you know? And so, yeah. And then you pray for Sarah. You pray for her and you ask God for her to know him and to be loved by him and to know her his purpose for her life, right? And you do that. Like take next week and do that and watch freedom come into your life in those areas. I mean, it's, it's, again, this is our, our freedom ministry. This is literally like base step one, get rid of unforgiveness <laughs> and watch, watch yeah. the doors that it opens in your life. Yeah. And that wasn't hard, challenging us. It wasn't scary. It wasn't this thing, but imagine if we did that for every area of our life, which I know is what you do in the yeah. ministry, but imagine if we made a practice of that made, you know, how much more abundant we would live. Yes. How free we would live and how contagious that would be. Like, Mm -hmm. Ayo, I was this person. This isn't just a salvation story where I was blind and now I see it's last week. I hated Sarah. Yeah. I was walking in bitter and like, you know, and this week, praise Jesus. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like that. I don't carry the weight. Every single. Yeah. Yes. I don't walk in that. Oh, man, friends. So we are going to pause this episode right here and leave you on a cliffhanger. But have no fear. Episode 74 is right behind this one. But in case you can only listen to 30 minutes at a time, we split this episode into two. So I pray that you've enjoyed the first part of this episode. We're praying for you. We are interceding on your behalf and we're asking the Holy Spirit to just do what only he can do. So we're going to pause here. And if you're ready for the next episode, then just head on to number 74. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, 
going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time. 